Welcome to the Queen City Preachers Podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew. And I'm Pastor Molly. And we are delighted to have you with us on this. It's well, a, it's a nice day. It's, it's, it's nice. 50s. It's a little here. overcast, it but is. it's been warm this week. So It has. It's it's felt like uh, October and November mm-hmm. or something like that. Like it's kind of it's kind of like we leapt over this and now we came back to it. Yeah. yeah. And you know, no rain. Just like, yeah, yeah we're going to take it. So yeah, so there's your, there's your weather joy report. Joy abounds in the weather of Marquette this week. Ah, uh, we give thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, and the leaves are continuing to fall from the trees. Yeah. And yeah. There's joy in our hearts, but in the parable for this week, there is weeping <laughs> and gnashing of teeth. Yeah, so uh, back to the land of parables again. Yeah. Um, where I just... <clears throat> can't get out of it. Yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, excuse me, too. I'm suffering from a head cold. Um, but what I was... Oh, darn. I lost my train of thought. No, I'm going to find it. Okay. All right. Um, oh, <laughs> uh, I was wondering, you know, like, I don't know. Is it just Matthew or do the other guys use it too? This the, parable? The other gospel bros, do they also love using the term weeping and gnashing of teeth? I really think it's a Matthew thing. Okay. I just want to know. I wonder if like he heard that somewhere and he was like, oh, dang. Like, I love this term. That's good. That's good. I'm going to use that. Yeah. Anytime uh-huh. things are a little like kind of a bummer, I'm gonna just call it weeping and gnashing of teeth and utter darkness. Utter darkness. Yeah, I'm gonna paint yeah, that picture. The outer realm. Yeah, I mean, it, it is pretty stark. Yeah, if you had to do an interpretation of gnashing of teeth, what would it sound like? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's how I imagine it oh, sounding. Oh man. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It uh, it sounds painful to even have to create. Okay, all right, all right, that's enough, Molly. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you don't like that noise? No, not really. Good because it should be painful. It should be painful. Yeah. All right, all right. So, uh, so we've gone from bridesmaids at the start of this, you yep. know, wise, wise and, and foolish, foolish ones, mm-hmm. and um, from last week, and now we dive into this this the the continued parable um, in. Mm-hmm. Chapter twenty five, mm-hmm. uh, verses fourteen through thirty. So we're we're actually not yet. We we don't quite get. I mean, there's even more coming after this too. Like this yeah. is all strung together in kind of an interesting narrative mm-hmm. of parableness. But um, but it's not exactly light, as you've pointed out. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, we're coming up to the judgment of the nations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so you want to read this for us and we can yeah. like we can we can gnash our teeth into it. Yep. So we are in Matthew 25 and verse 14. For it is as if a man going on a journey had summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. No one he gave to one. He gave five talents to another two to another one to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole and in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled the accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed me over over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. 
And the one with the two talents also came forward saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him so <clears throat> and give to the one with the ten talents, for to all those who have more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. And it's... A, it's. <sighs> <laughs> So I think my first my first initial thought is okay how do we contextualize this because mm-hmm. um this isn't really a full it's a parable but it's not a full parable uh-huh. right because we don't actually get the is he describing the kingdom of heaven yeah he never is says he, the kingdom of heaven right is he says like for this. it is as if a man but that's yeah. coming right off the heels of keep awake right like so mm-hmm. so in some ways yeah, it's we have tied to take into them the together. we have to take it together that like yeah. the 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 notion of yeah. of be present um, yeah. and remembering too this that um, it is a, a recent historical thing that the Bible is split up into chapters right, right yeah. and verses yeah so this That's probably, not intention yeah. it's not necessarily not a lot of weight should be given to the fact that now there is a new title on, over this parable right mm-hmm. and and I think what I want to say about that is to, is to point out that, that what that allows this parable to do mm-hmm. is that it does not necessarily mean that we have to allegorize, metaphorize this mm-hmm. as this is trying to describe the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. As in, it can be that this is also uh, using a parable to understand the world as it is. Yeah, exactly. Right? Which, and I think is in some ways mm-hmm. what is going on here, right? Yeah, the what is it called? We talked about it with our our colleagues this week. The socio, um, I mean, it's socio political, but socio political contextualization well, of the gospels, yeah. right? Where we're looking at the existence of the world as we know it, and how that is reflected within the parable, um, yeah, as the people at the time would have known it. Right, and how they mm-hmm. would understand the economic decisions and what that would mean, yeah, and mm-hmm. and how they would place themselves. And in some ways, this is actually kind of, in some ways, this is an easier parable to place ourselves into than the bridesmaids, right? Like the yeah, the five foolish, five wise. In this one, you're kind of like, well, I kind of relate to the okay. Uh-huh. Do I do the investment? Do I do this? What are the yeah. expectations of this? How do, do you I use the things that you have been given? given Mm-hmm. Or do I not? Because that's also, is it usury? Am I exploiting mm-hmm. others? What am I doing mm-hmm. in a way 
And it's that both that both end. And who is the master in this, right? What is what is the illustration that Jesus is trying to yeah. convey? Yeah. So if we are looking at it that way, um, it would kind of what. So I'm trying to think back to what Pastor Tim kind of told us, yeah. um, our our colleague at Bethel in Ishpeming. Um, he was talking about how at the time period, the idea of wealth is that there's only a cer- there's only so much. Yeah, it's a limited pie, meaning mm-hmm. if you take if you take more, somebody else is getting less. Yes. And so that's how it was viewed as someone who would own a certain amount of something. Yeah. And so <clears throat> it doesn't look good on you if you are taking from somebody else, right? Then the yeah. kind of the negative falls upon you, right? You're you're the greedy one, right? Yeah. You're the master and you're taking from someone else. So you could use your slaves to take from someone else. And kind of the ill will would fall upon them, but not be reflected. The shame wouldn't be upon, upon you. The, upon the master. Yeah, the yeah. shame. A lot yeah. of it is the shame in the society, right. right? Yeah. To be viewed as a greedy master, which is kind of what the final slave names. Yeah. And uh, the, the final slave names the fear of the master <laughs> and the anxiety of mm-hmm. a world that that makes that those decisions mm-hmm. and that punishes mm-hmm. in that way. And that takes from people um, rather than abundance. Yeah. Right. That it's a, which is really interesting because then we hear about that, that, that slave being punished uh-huh. by the master. And by so the, we master. See the master as a literal master. Right. Right. It makes sense. And it makes sense too in the context of, so take the talent from him and give it to the one with 10 talents. Right. Yeah. That, yeah, he's he's seen that the one with five has a better ability to get more for him. So there's this greed aspect. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So this is what the world is like. But if I think if we read it in that way of this is what the world is like, I feel I feel a little empty on the inside. I don't know what the good news is because well, it's not resolved in this. No, it's, it's not resolved in that parable. And I think, yeah. I mean, I think Tim was kind of saying that it moves on into the next passages mm-hmm. um, for resolution potentially. Yeah. But so that's this world. And when the son of man comes, yeah, which is the beginning of the next, next one. one. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder though, if, if the, this worldliness of this passage though, asks the question of, of how do we see this world? Yeah. That it's not just that this it's a description of this world, but it's mm-hmm. the saying, do we see this world as a place of opportunity and of grace? Do we see this world as a place of fear and anxiety and punishment? Yeah. How do we understand that? And then so the latter <laughs> and the flip side then is is how do we, how does that dictate how we understand God? Right? Yeah. That Can like, you name a thing for what it is, as opposed to pretending like it's good when it's really not? Right. Mm-hmm. And mm. and I think that that tension is is within this yeah, in a way that. that, that, and I'm not sure that that's, you know, your comment about that, the good news. I'm not sure it's a hundred percent good news, but I think that like that, that acknowledging and naming that mm-hmm. is helpful in thinking about how we live in today. Right. Like it's not necessarily good news, but it yeah. is, it's a, it's a way of saying, do we see the good news? Can we yeah. see that? Mm-hmm. Or wh- what is the frame that we are operating within? Well, it's kind of if you never like if you think of like AA, you have to like right say I'm an alcoholic, right? You have to name the thing before you can ever heal the thing. 
Right. Yeah. I was, you know, it makes me think I was talking with one of our other colleagues about how often the church is lacking in liturgies around difficult situations. We were talking about mental health and mental illness and especially like losing a parent to mental illness, Mm, um, mm -hmm. which is something that we have shared in different ways. Um, And so but there's no liturgy to that, you know, and it's too bad because there's liturgies for all these for all these different life circumstances. And if we talk about ourselves as a community there does need to be this moment where we can come together and share a truth because otherwise it just gets swept under the rug and we don't know how to deal with it or how to heal from it or how to be there for each other within the midst of it. Yeah. And I guess I would ask the question of, do we need, do we need specific liturgy for each specific context or do we need, and in some ways maybe some of this fits into this passage too, is do we need to realize that there is space and name the space to use what is there rather than mm-hmm. live within a framework that we assume mm-hmm. is closed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that there's, that there are pieces of our liturgy <clears throat> that make space for wrestling with things like that. If we yeah. were to use it that way, Yeah. but we don't because that's not how the church has traditionally used liturgy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I'm not that. trying to say you're wrong. I'm what no, I'm trying to say is that no. I like, I'm, I'm curious if in some ways this is also a naming of what we see and a question of, but it's of Jesus, how do we yeah. live within it, right? It's how do Jesus, we work within it? Could it be Jesus calling us to name the things that are hard to name, right? Yeah, and and could that actually be about all three of the servants, not actually just mm-hmm. the last one, right? Because I think our instant, I think our goody two shoes <laughs> framework is like yeah. the first two did well. Yeah. And they're glorified in the eyes of the master, right? Which could be seen as the eyes of the world. Right. Which then actually makes that negative. Yeah. But how does it serve them is the question you have to ask, right? They're well, just getting they're given more, more opportunity, more work, more work, right? Yeah. More chance to get more money for their the ma- master. master. Mm-hmm. Potentially for themselves, but we don't hear that, right? Uh, there, That's it's not, not like these slaves get more than the other slaves. Probably just not. But still just I mean, slaves. Yeah. Maybe they're treated less badly. Maybe. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> right? Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. Um, and I think we can identify with that, right? This idea of really thriving off of praise and positive affirmations by society, right? Like yeah. being a very type A person who is very productive. Like I understand, like it feels good when other people are like, wow, you got so much done. It's so impressive. Yeah. But on the inside, I feel dead, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like it doesn't make me feel better or closer to God or more of a beloved child to get more done. It just makes me like enjoy a little kudos. Yeah, which in mm-hmm. some ways raises the question, this is where, you know, it's it's interesting to put ourselves into this parable is to say, is it actually really any better for those that invested the money than the than the one that hit it? Well, they didn't get sent into weeping and gnashing of teeth. They got <laughs> they get cut off. I mean, and the weeping and gnashing of teeth and, and this is another thing, like I mean, in the same like the end of twenty four with weeping and gnashing and teeth and like he will be cut him into pieces. Uh-huh. The literal is actually he'll be cut off yeah. like apart from. Right. And I feel like in some ways this is a, once again a reiteration a saying like for those that aren't participating, they're being cut off. But at the same time, like I struggle to 
in this parable, I struggle to see that as a bad thing, mm-hmm. right? Like I think the suffering is bad, but the being cut off from a system that is viewed as oppressive or ripping mm-hmm. off those that shouldn't be ripped off. Yeah. Is that actually a bad thing or is this the, is this actually the voice of conscience mm-hmm. standing up to this? Yeah. And if we, if we too are following the idea um, of Jesus as being the light of the world, yeah. this person who is thrown into the darkness, right? Where is Jesus in this, right? Jesus comes yeah. in with the light into the darkest of places. So this person is now making themselves open, open for Jesus, right? Ooh, but so could I, could I though allegorize this in an insane way and say what Just, we're, we're already down that rabbit hole go for what it what if this is jesus jesus is the one and the world is the master that mm-hmm. sends jesus who says it's not okay to do that mm-hmm. and it mm. and now you're gonna send me out and you're gonna punish me yeah um for actually yeah. caring mm-hmm. and not wanting to reap the fear and the anger yeah because that makes sense too because Jesus is the one who sows, right? If we see as God, right? Right. The other parable of the the planting, right? Yeah. God is the one who is the planter and the reaper. And so <clears throat> the idea that the world can claim that over you yeah. as having planted and reaped and sown you when it's really God's work. And that's essentially what the servant is telling the master. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This isn't you. No. Like you're doing this the wrong way. Yeah. And and then the world punishes that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so to me, like, it's not a perfect allegory. But, but it's like, But at the same time, it's a really interesting one it's to think about it that, that the one that stands up for, for justice is the one uh-huh. who is punished. Yep. And is that... <clears throat> and it makes sense, too, on the cusp of um, the crucifixion as well. Right. It does. And it also makes sense if we think about this through the lens, through some of the lenses of, of more. I mean, you we were talking with colleagues, too, about this of like the justice bent mm-hmm. of of the bridesmaids and the and where Nadia Weber went with that text and saying that, you know, that the, the wise ones were actually the bad, the ones. bad ones because they sent away the others mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. um they and, saw it as there's a scarce amount. Right. And that they want to be the ones they want to be the ones who will get in. But then the others don't get in. So they're creating the lack of abundance for the others. Yeah, which then mm-hmm. ties this into, in reality, in some ways, Matthew and Matthew's wrestling with justice. Yeah, which he's wrestling with a lot. lot. Mm-hmm. And so in some ways, I think that that arc fits well into this. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many different angles to take this from. Yeah. That that's not like I'm not saying that's the, the right place to be. But it's really it's really powerful to think uh-huh. about it through that lens, too. Yeah. And I think one of the things here that we're kind of getting on is that this is an interpretation, right? Oh, absolutely. And what we've both said recently in our sermons, right, is is kind of focusing on the livingness of the word and that yeah. it comes to us in different ways, in different times and places. Um, Thanks be to God for yeah, that. Yeah. And it's relevance to us in the way we interpret it. And that that's a positive thing. And that's something that is um, maybe lacking a lot in mainstream Christianity and this idea of there's one right way. When yeah. um, if we look to our our siblings, right, and our, our Jewish siblings and thinking about the um, oh, the 
Talmud is that yeah that's what I'm thinking of in the writings of the rabbis where it just goes on and on and on yeah midrash commentary and yeah, things like that yeah the commentaries on yeah. a certain text and different ideas and you know and like the beauty of that right and the expansiveness of it yeah mm-hmm. and that there's a lot of disagreement uh-huh. within that that it's not it's, fun. it's not it's fun it's not clean right no, it's very messy no but it's exciting and like even when we were talking at um in our colleague group right like our our friend Tim Pastor Tim came had this like idea that he brought forward and it's like very different than what I'm thinking about with this text for this weekend yeah. but it was still really interesting and I was like that makes a lot of sense and I like it a lot yeah and I I find that that's really for me I really appreciate the different lenses too because mm-hmm. I feel like my default in reading this text is that I would say the classic and I'm not sure it's actually all that great necessarily interpretation that mm-hmm. it's about using our gifts yeah, and that God um, wants us to use our gifts fully. Yeah, And sometimes that makes sense for us. And right? I think that like there's a le- there's an angle of that. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, last Sunday I went into the how do we fill our oil and uh-huh. care for ourselves. So that fits into that. But like mm-hmm. at the same time, I, I do think that that's also missing a, missing some opportunity in here to dive mm-hmm. a little deeper. Yeah. And I, and I like that depth, whether it be spiritual or social, mm-hmm. social justice-y um, and I and like how we think about this. too, that in talking about it, we've kind of actually connected those in two interpretations. Yeah. Because if we look at the idea that Jesus is this other servant and he's naming that this world is harsh yeah. and that the master didn't sow and yeah. reap. When we think about God, God is the one who sows those things in us. So we can just kind of circle back around and read it in a way where, oh, but if the world looks like the kingdom of God, where God is sowing these things in us and we want to be in the joy of God, right? It is like we've been given so much. Why wouldn't we want to use that? I like that a lot. That's the unspoken in this parable, that it Mm -hmm. opens it up to say, Mm -hmm. if you see this this way. Uh Uh-huh. And now how does that make you understand God? Right. And that is living into the idea that if you name something for what it is, if there is that truth, right, there can be this reconciliation, remembering the trueness of your identity in the midst of the the evil truths of the world. Yeah. And it goes too into a, (laughs) I mean, into, I would say a therapeutic um, lens. And I think it's true in a, in a pastoral sense too, is, is that, is it giving words to feelings or to problems, Mm -hmm. whether it be naming it and saying, you know, I mean, whether it be a 12 step type of thing or not, but like, but even just giving words to it means that you can deal with it. Exactly. And And until you do that, you can't mm -hmm. deal with it. And that's, I think what one of our other colleague friends was saying about like the idea of different liturgies for different issues, right? In that there is this power that we've been given in the liturgy to name things and to, um, either bless them or heal from them or confess them and to seek forgiveness from them, um, that there's power in that. And yeah, we should grasp onto that power, right? It's like you've been given a little, like continue to use it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, I mean, just from, uh, from, from the perspective of how we understand that in worship already, mm-hmm. um, just thinking about that, you know the some of the high points of the of the year, at least emotionally, mm-hmm. are the longest night blue Christmas service mm-hmm. um, in the wintertime, which is about bringing our brokenness into a season of light. Yeah, 
and <clears throat> then thinking about um, Maundy Thursday. Good Friday. And Good Friday and, and Maundy Thursday, at least in the Lutheran tradition, the practice mm-hmm. of personal absolution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this notion of of naming that and hearing those words said directly to us mm-hmm. that we are forgiven in a powerful way mm-hmm. that I, it makes me wonder if in some, in some ways this is a question of, of how do we, how can we make that space in, in other seasons of the year and other mm-hmm. seasons of our lives? And, mm-hmm. and can that be woven in even on Sunday mornings? Um, because in some ways, what you you've just named is that this text has that space as well, yeah. right? And we have other stories that lend themselves to that too. For sure, for sure. So it's it's that question of how do we how do we make that space mm-hmm. for the liturgy to proclaim that and to embrace that mm-hmm. that need? Um, and I guess I'm going to sit with that a little bit because yeah, I think like I that's think... a powerful question to ask in a way that. Mm-hmm can move us forward as, yeah. as pastors, but also as a congregation, like what works with that. Cause even when you think about it, the longest night service is not something that a lot of churches do. I feel like. No, but more is, so now than they used to, but it's yeah. still, it's not, it's not. It's powerful to name that in this season where we feel like the world says you need to be joyful. Yeah. That there is still the truth of pain. Right. And that God comes into the brokenness in the Advent season. Right. So it is like the longest night service is doing what this text is asking to do in the way that we have kind of dug deep into it. Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. so. And I think that that's, that's a really, that's a gift. And it's interesting to me because there's this, this, this double edge too of saying, um, how we do that in a way that is transformative and caring and spiritual mm-hmm. in the sense of pastoral care for ourselves and for others. Yeah. But also then what does that transformation do to in a, within our community? Mm-hmm. And I think that in some ways that to me is actually one of the cool things about this parable mm-hmm. is that essentially it's saying you have to pay attention to what this relationship looks like with God, mm-hmm. but then the ramifications of that are that it changes how our world is. Yeah. Right. Yep is that if we can make that space, all of a sudden this world that is described in this parable doesn't have to be this way. Yeah, right? you aren't beholden it can be different. to it. You it know? can be different. Yeah. And I, I love that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's also a really powerful witness to name that that the change of individuals and the change of ourselves can change it and transform a community. It makes right? a difference. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I like that a lot. Cool. So... This has been a very fun discussion today, and thanks to the wisdom of our other pastor friends for yeah, thank you, thank giving, you, colleagues, for yeah. giving us things to chew on and to work with, and mm-hmm. um, and thank you all for joining us on this um, this journey. And um, just a we didn't say at the beginning, um, but if you were wondering, a talent is is generally assumed to be about fifteen uh, years. fifteen years worth of wages, so it's mm-hmm. a lot of money, a lot of money. Um, and so so I think it's uh, that this is the imagery here is really about the lively about playing with people's livelihoods. Mm -hmm. And I think that that makes it even more dramatic to think about and how we understand um, what God is saying. This isn't how the world should actually work. Yeah. Um, And so, Mm -hmm. so just wanted, wanted to name that. Um, And one other thing you probably, you won't hear from us next week. It's Thanksgiving week. Yeah. um, But you will be coming back to you the following week with the, the Sunday, the first Sunday in Advent. 
Uh, well, that'll actually, yeah. Yeah, you're right. That'll I, be the first I'm Sunday right. in Advent. I I'm know. just like, oh my gosh, it's here. Yep. And so you know, um, we are we are journeying together in Advent this year. We'll be following along, not with the lectionary um, this year. We're, we're following with texts provided from um, a resource from a Sanctified Art, which is a wonderful organization that puts out incredible liturgies. Um, we've utilized their resources before, but this year in Advent, we'll be following along with Luke uh, yeah. primarily and the Christmas story in some profound ways. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> invite you to join us as we as we navigate those stories. So um, come for Christmas at the start of Advent in some ways, because we'll be yes. we'll already be starting to wrestle with some of these stories yeah. and how that that connects. And maybe we'll read their one other recommended text too and try yeah. to weave them together. Yeah, we'll try to work work a little more text into that for y'all. But um, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, blessings uh, wherever you are. And if you're traveling, traveling mercies. But thank you for, for being with us once again. You've been listening to the Queen City Preachers podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew. And I'm Pastor Molly. And be well, friends.